Welcome to Punk Frockers, a community sewing podcast brought to you by Jenny Hassler and Beverly Baptiste. So Beverly, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I've been enjoying my new job, even though it's been pretty difficult for me, but I I am doing good. How about you? I am doing well, and it is not dark out, and we're speaking, so that seems like really good, right? That's right. And, uh, of course, I did my very first editing a couple episodes ago, and, and I got no job. angry emails about it, so <laughs> I assume it went pretty okay. You did a um, great job. <laughs> I noticed a few things like I know you notice when you do the editing Mm -hmm. where I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe maybe I didn't cut that right. But overall, not so bad. So, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the new routine. Finally got my laptop up and running properly to help me with the editing. I think I've troubleshot what happens when my hearing aids are involved. And so (laughs) it's going to be amazing. (laughs) And with that, we're going to move into introducing this month's theme. Well, actually, I have one thing in front of that in the show notes. We should talk about our sponsors because this month is really, really good. We've got some amazing sponsors. We have a couple of patterns and we have a gift card for a fabric shop. That's pretty exciting. It super is. So Fiber and Cloth, who does a a fair number of low-waste or zero-waste patterns, has donated their Iris pattern, which is a um, a zero-waste shirt that has a necktie in the front and some sleeve options and can be made. There's even in the the booklet for it, instructions on making it into a dress. This is one I've had cut out for probably a month and a half now and have not made. Well, now you have to make it. Well, it went into my bag for taking on my sewing retreat (gasps) because I'm going to have limited things I can do anyway, right? Right. There's only going to be so much because I can only bring so much with me. And so I figured if I put it in there, I would surely hit a place where I'm like, yep, I'm going to get back to this one because the fabric is adorable. I'm looking forward to the dress I'm making out of it. So yeah. So it's that's a very, it's a very nice one. And it, and it is one of the ones that does not have the sort of zero waste look about it. I mean, I like yeah. that. That's kind of my style that, that zero waste look that yeah. loose and floaty, but for folks that don't enjoy that, you may want to take a look at this because this one really does. You wouldn't know that. It just looks but, like a blouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree with you. It it doesn't have what I consider to be really that super boxy look. And it's intended to be made, I think, generally with drapier fabrics anyway, which encourages less of that boxy look. So it's it's quite lovely. And of course, we have another pattern that's being given away. In this case, you can choose any of their PDF patterns. And that is from Jennifer Lauren Handmade. <laughs> There are two patterns from Jennifer Lauren that I really want to make. I really want to make those cute sailor culottes, the bastion culottes. And I also, which were recently upgraded to Mm -hmm. a better size range. And then I also want to make that pinafore. Um, Which one? (laughs) There's so many. The ivy or... Oh. Is that the one with the buttons in the front? The one you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the ivy pinafore. Yes, I want to do that. (laughs) And I, of course, I'm going to uh, remake the Isla wrap dress. I've got it all cut out oh, and I'm yeah. going to do it without ties 
so that those who are tie adverse, for example, <coughs> my co-host, can find out whether or not there's a look there that's still really appealing. Yes, and I I'm going to like it too, because my waist, the way it all works, I feel like the ties coming around the front don't always do me a favor. They land differently than the waistline. Mm-hmm. And so there's a space between the two of them and they're not intended. The tie is not intended to ride two inches above the waistline. So, right. so it might be better for me just to get the originally intended look that way. So yeah. I love it. And then, and then what is our, what is our fabric store? The fabric uh, store that has donated a one $100 gift card is Warp and Weft Textiles. And we spoke with Michelle from Warp and Weft in the last episode. And that is so lovely of her to uh, donate that prize. I agree. I think that is amazing. And I I have enjoyed all of the things that I have purchased from Warp and Weft Textiles. This is one of those shops that I find to be a little quirky. When I go in to look, I'm never sure what I'm going to find, and I'm often not sure what the categories mean. So I end up just digging through everything until my cart has filled enough that I can't put anything else in it. (laughs) And that's pretty much how I decide to stop. They're also my favorite source for getting taco magazines sent to me. So nice. Well, um, another thing that folks should know is that uh, Warp and Weft is a completely plastic-free sewing store. So they don't sell, they don't even sell plastic things with thread with plastic stuff on it. I mean, they know plastics. So I think that's that's really neat. And I know they were talking about how they were working with and had worked with vendors to get to this place. Yeah. I, I found it super interesting, but it also blew my mind because it feels like an impossible, an impossible place to get to. Yeah. And that's awesome. Yeah, that's really neat. So other than that, of course, we've got some catch-up to do. You want to hear about what I've been doing? Yes, I do. Oh, awesome. So I have made two Ashton tops. Oh, wait, what I mean is I've made two Ashton top dresses (laughs) (laughs) because of course I've made some Ashton tops, but whatever. So I've moved on to dresses. I've made a second one out of linen and a different color. And I haven't gotten that one posted yet. And then I made a third one that's made out of rayon that's printed with Bucky's logos. (laughs) We all know I love Bucky's, the Texas convenience store chain that is spreading outside of Texas finally. And over this past weekend, we went to the one in Florence, which has been open as of uh, as of May 15th, approximately. Oh, okay. And so we showed up in our dress. And as usual, as I wander the store, people want to know if I work there. I'm like, nope, just a super fan. <laughs> and then we were also at a farmer's market where we got walked up on by so many people who were like, oh my God, I love your dress. Did you buy it at the Bucky's? How do I get one of these? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> there is no way for you to have this. So thank you for loving it. Uh, so that was kind of fun. And then That's I also great. made the Estella Curve by Paper Cut. This is one that got upsized, or maybe it was released at the same time as the regular one. I honestly don't know. But I only noticed it because it came in sizes that went up above my body size. And it is a dress that, well, it's a pattern that can be made as a... Um, top and a skirt or a dress. And when you make the dress, it connects in the front to the side seam. 
and it does not connect in the back because the back are two gargantuan ties and you can tie them directly in the back or you can bring them around the front and tie them in the front, which is what I have done with it. And I love something that exposes that um, little triangle of backspace (laughs) above your underwear and below your bra strap. And so it was really fun. And it was extra special for me because my friend Lori uh, had that fabric sent to me. It's an Ankara print that's just a complete explosion of butterfly. There's no background to this fabric. It's just butterfly. I think that's not quite true. I think there's a tiny bit of green background peeking Mm -hmm. through, but it is basically, it's like all the butterflies at the butterfly enclosure landed on you at once. And so I really love it. And I added a little ruffle at the bottom out of some gold linen, the heavier weight stuff, the stuff that's like eight or nine ounces at... Mm -hmm fabricstore.com because that's what I had in a color that matched. Mm-hmm. And I also use that same linen for the casing inside of the sleeves and the waist casing. Um, just because I completely, completely used up every inch of that fabric. Wow. Making, making it as I did. So that one was really excited. And of course I had to make two more dragon fruits by Caramia. Um, One of those I made out of that wonderful upholstery, or I think it's probably drapery fabric. So it falls in the upholstery category, but it's supposed to hang on your windows that you and I bought at a shop in Philly. Well, in the sense that you were there persuading me that I was right. This was the best fabric. (laughs) It was really cute. And it's like a creamy background and it's got um, 18 inch or 15 inch tall ostriches embroidered on it. Um, Though amusingly, in the photographs, everyone, everyone was like, it's a, it's a giraffe wearing a tutu. So there was a completely different interpretation (laughs) when I posted pictures on Instagram because, and I, I get it because the shape, the way that the body comes out of the Uh feathers looks like the front of a horse or a giraffe type picture, right? And then it goes up into the head and you're looking at it straight on. You don't see the beak like that. Um, and then you come down to the two legs that are crossed daintily in front. So the other two legs must be hiding somewhere. But <laughs> I, so I can see both of them genuinely. And many, many people saw the giraffe. But it is, in fact, an ostrich looking yes. adorable as heck. And, and oh, my gosh, Beverly, what you can't see in the pictures is I matched the side seams on the skirt. Oh, my goodness. And it was it was two-thirds of a giraffe no a giraffe <laughs> two-thirds of an ostrich on one side and one-third of a giraffe on the other and I had to match them together and I did a really good job and then when I, I fussy cut the bodice so wow. that it would be the same parts of the ostrich giraffe that were visible on each side and that none of the large tutu or feather section would be directly over um my areolas so I did my best to make it like nice like genuinely nice I mean that was pretty pricey fabric so it was was, I'm the thing that's amazing to me is the way you describe this. No one's going to believe me when I say this but the ostriches are actually subtle on that (laughs) Yeah, they are. They are. And they're spaced out. So they're not right on top of each other. There's a lot of, a lot of negative space is there and able to be used. It's genuinely not as busy as it sounds because other than 
what is essentially a straight line up and down of the ostrich neck and the legs, everything else is white and cream. Mm-hmm. And so it's it really is for a fabric covered with giant embroidered ostriches, incredibly subtle. Yeah. Um, and I added what I'm now calling the Katie Cortman sleeves, where I do my I do my folded in half ruffles so it's double-sided mm-hmm. and gather it and center it along the arm side um at the shoulder. Pardon me, at the shoulder. So and nice. then I made one more. And this one we've sort of talked about before. This is my my uh embroidered upon cotton from Joanne. Okay. Where we wondered whether or not the thread, we assumed it wasn't cotton, would die. It's cotton. It all died. Wow. It is a hundred percent. It's dyed and the color's very much the same. You it's not like it's not like it took the dye in a weird different direction. Right. It looks like the pattern. So that was really exciting because, of course, I had planned to test dye it and I did none of that. I just threw it all in with caution to the wind. As it is, I like it. And it reminds me, because I grew up in Florida and I'm a Disney child, of Aurora's dress in Sleeping Beauty when the fairies are trying to get it to be either pink or blue. And it's both. Mm. Right. And this is pink and blue at the same time. So it's, it's awfully fun. And then put a little tag on the back that just says, yay. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> so it felt super, super happy. So that's my usual four hour treatise on what I've made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super excited. I've done some sewing. I'm, I'm really happy. I made, um, the first thing I did recently was I made an Ashton top. That's a slightly, um, slightly changed shape. I the I wanted it to be a little bit more A-line, a little bit more swingy, a little bit wider mm-hmm. at the hip part. It's funny because it looks like I'm doing very little to the pattern because I go to the very bottom of the front and the back on each mm-hmm. side. And I instead at the I, I just add an inch and then I make a diagonal line. But that ends up being four extra inches at the hips. Right. Oh so yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a big difference. So, um, I really, uh, I really love how it came out. Um, I made it with this, uh, this floral fabric that I got from Mood. I tried to find it to link in the show notes, but maybe they don't sell it online. Um, it's from Pierre Cardin, and it's just this really beautiful floral. Um, they have a whole bunch of prints from Pierre Cardin, like Deadstock, I guess. Um, but I, I really like it. So the next thing I made, okay, no, no, we're going to roll back to your designer fabric. I read that in the show notes and I thought, oh, how hoity toity have we become? I think that is super amazing because when I shop dead stock, I don't always know what it is unless somebody plastered a giant logo all over it. So I can tell when there's some Yves Saint Laurent because it's got the logo all over it. (laughs) It's in the salvage of this. Okay. That's how I knew. That's Mm -hmm. helpful. I Mm -hmm. love it though. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really nice light fabric. They call it, uh, it was in the section of walls, but it may be a lawn. I don't know. I'm not really great on how you tell the difference between those. (laughs) And I'm not sure it's set like the difference, but anyways, I made that and I really like it. And, um, I tried it on with this pair of black pants. I think it'll look pretty, really cool with. That's awesome. And then the next thing I made was I made my first dragon fruit dress. 
I'm so glad. Yes, I was super excited to get the pattern. And I made it with some fabric that I also bought for Jenny. Ah, it arrived today. There's one big difference between your fabric and mine, though. What? I don't think you used any of the sequined trim on yours. <laughs> well, I didn't buy myself any of that. I only bought you. I found this sequined rickrack elastic um at uh I think it's being Pacific Trims and so I was like oh Jenny has to have this and it's like fuchsia pink so, so it's amazing and it reminds me so much of Nandita that yeah. I know I have to be inspired by her for whatever I make well anyways <laughs> I thought Jenny had to have that and the um the fabric is a linen rayon blend it's got to be more rayon than linen right like it is, it's it, it so does feel soft. that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I made that the Caramia dragon fruit. Now you had said to me that in your size range, you felt like you needed to size up to get the mm-hmm. desired effect. I, I did it just in my size. And I actually think I need to size down because I had to take in under the arms. Okay. But that may be because that fabric is a little bit like it may right. have gotten worked a little bit when it was on the bias, you know? So just for people who just, that's my perspective of what happened with my body type. Um, but I totally love it. I made the curvy large cup for it. Okay. And, um, and I think it fits so beautifully and it doesn't look like it's funny because I was like, Oh, I'm making this large, you know, the large cup size one, is it going, you know, lots of times that's more of a fitted garment when they have yeah. those choices, but it's not a fitted garment. It's right. very loose, but it looks right. It doesn't, I don't know. I really love it. Um, I think I'm going to make more of those. I of course did not make all the ruffles on it, um, <laughs> but, but it is a pretty bold print that I use. So it is, I can't believe it, but it looks amazing. Thank you. And finally, I was inspired by you to make an Ashton dress with a gathered skirt instead of just the A-line one that I made last summer. And I used this fabric that I got at Mood. It was of cotton voile and it's very floral. Um, It has like a grayish blue background and then like just flowers everywhere. Um, And it's a, it's a digital print, like, um, almost photoreal. Like it's yeah, um, pretty vivid of flowers, but I got so many compliments on it. I wore it to work yesterday. Somebody um, I work with asked me, she's, she saw me in the bathroom and she says, where on earth do you shop? You've got the best clothes. And I said, Oh, thank you very much. I make them. And she's like, what? Oh my God. So it was, uh, it was a good, it, that was a good one. That's really neat. I do have some questions. Okay. What has happened to not wearing as many prints? You seem like you're really, like there's a lot more printed fabric happening than I associate with your statement when we were looking at like, what's my style? And you were thinking part of the problem was that you were choosing wrong. And so you're choosing better because you seem much happier with the prints you've chosen. So I'm wondering if you even know what the difference is, maybe it's the type of garments like summertime things 
maybe I'm more <laughs> likely to have printed stuff like, you know, like little floaty dresses or something versus I don't really know. It just know. was interesting to me because you'd, you'd sort of not stepped away from prints, but maybe thought that there was, it wasn't as easy to determine right. what print was going to work right for you. And I experienced that. I just do it anyway. And <laughs> And get rid of it if I don't like it. So I, I go through the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't become more thoughtful as a result. I continue to do the same stupid thing I do and and find out after I make and wear it, whether or not, you know, I like it. So. Well, I, I've liked these so far. So fingers crossed, I keep on liking them. They look amazing. I love it. So we have a couple of new patterns to talk about. Awesome. The first one I want to talk about is one that originally I thought, oh, I don't need that. I won't buy that. But now I think I will. It's the LB Textiles Weiland Tank or Weiland. Mm-hmm. I think it's Weiland Tank. Um, it's a cropped tank. The max measurements on it are a 58.5 inch chest and 50 inch waist. There's no hip measurement because it's cropped. And... It comes in a CD cup, which I love to see in a tank because it's hard to figure out what to do for a full bust adjustment in knit fabrics. Right. So I really like that. Now, I'm very interested in making the Caladium jumpsuit by Karamia, and I think that would be perfect under it. I just reprinted the Karamia's Caladium jumpsuit because I want to try again. Mm-hmm. I was not happy with my last one, which was made out of um, canvas because I'd seen, um, call back to Nandita, I'd seen Nandita's version made out of an Ikea canvas. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so smoking. I definitely want that. But when I made it for my body, I was less happy. And so now I'm thinking maybe I want to do something out of a basic linen Mm -hmm. and see if I could be happier. And I have been looking for what tank I'm going to put under it. I thought, do I make a chive sweatshirt, but it's got the big sleeves and I love a big sleeve. Yes. No doubt about it, but is that what I'm looking for here? And so this with the little crop to it may be perfect. That's yeah. that's really nice. I think I uh, think it's really nice. Yeah. I love what LB Textiles is doing right now with their with their patterns and you know they're they're bringing up lots of things to size and it's I think they're doing a great job. I agree. I think it's really exciting to watch. Now, I know you had another tank you had your eye on. I know. This is funny, right? Two tank tops. Um, The Itch to Stitch Sentosa tank. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't really usually like stuff like this, but for some reason, I really, I I don't know. I kind of like it. It's a loose fitting tank and it has an asymmetrical pleated neckline. You, the neckline looks like um, it, it comes down um, in a V, but to, to one side. And mm-hmm. then um, that's, that's shaped by these pleats in it um, that are actually, the way they're sewn, they're actually darts. Yeah. So they're not they're- open pleats. They're, they're darts. And it, it looks really cute. It's designed to me to be made out of knit fabric. Um, but like all itch to stitch things, you can see lots of examples on this on the website for it. And some of the people, it looked like it was um, woven fabric, which it looks like it could be a woven, right? You could make it. Yeah. I mean, there's someone wearing an eyelet, which I, I don't normally see knit eyelets. Right. 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 And so I agree with you that it does look like there are some examples there of it in a woven. And I think it could work. I think to me, the complicating factor would be how much those darts add from 
chest to hip because it does hit below waist, though not necessarily at full hip. Um, and with a knit that might be easier, but it's, I I think it would be adaptable potentially. Yeah. Because it doesn't look like it has negative ease anywhere. No, no, it definitely doesn't. So, and it is, it is super cute. I agree with you. It's, it's adorable. Um, that's the kind of, it's not the same obviously as with the Anna or with some of the other things we've seen where they use the pleat to create, um, chesticle sacks basically this is above the chest yes but it's the same sort of concept where you're Mm -hmm. you're taking in this case a dart instead of a pleat but you're you're using it to create that fullness it's it's really cute I had not seen this one anywhere and they have a really lovely version that's done in stripes where because of the darting the stripes offset and that's part of what's really neat about the movement of that garment yeah that's really cool. So, so I, I like, I like that. That's a really good one. I'm glad you found that. Um, I've got two dresses to talk about because of course I'm probably going to go dress before I go tag on almost <laughs> everything. Right. And one of them does require the membership in the Cashmerat club. It's the Kinetone. It's just been released as of today. And I have a version cut out. That's the short sleeve version. Now this dress is is a dress that's um, got a set-in sleeve. It's gathered, though it's a gathered sleeve with, into an arm sagas, so not set-in. And you have choices of sleeves. You can do wrist length with a with a ruffle at the wrist, which is just created by probably, I haven't read the instructions, a casing and elastic, mm-hmm. or a short sleeve that has a casing and elastic at short sleeve length. The dress itself has a bust start and a gathered waist that's a, got an elastic casing to it, but it's it's like a jester's costume of a dress, right? You've got, it's got a seam down the front that you would flat fell to either side. Mm-hmm. You press it open and, and top stitch down. Um, so it's right for, I don't know, color blocking, using up larger scraps in order to in order to change colors about on it, which is what I'm doing. I took uh, two of my linen fabrics that I didn't have enough of to make a whole dress out of, which for me is a scrap. It's a big scrap, but it's scrap. Mm -hmm. And so I'm making half a dress out of each one and then sewing them together and I'll have a dress. I'm very excited about it. Um, And that's, that's this pattern is designed that way. And I think it's super cute. I'm looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Yeah, that is a cute pattern. I have a question about the the Cashmere Club. Do, do, does she ever sell the patterns to people who aren't in the club? Like, does that ever go to that? Or will you always have to be in the club? to? Do you get them for free or do you have to buy them? No, you get them for free. They're just every month you get a pattern. So you're, I think it's $9 a month is the entry level for it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's a level where you also get the pattern truthfully i because okay. it was it was gifted to me i have a membership for one year as a gift um i do know that so far at any rate between the patterns and there's um videos for walking you through different things each month in terms of fit um that it has seemed to be quite worthwhile i don't know if she'll ever sell them separately I see. Um, but, but I find them, I think they're compelling Yeah. Um, for me because Cashmere, of course, makes things that fit my body pretty easily. I don't have to do yeah. a lot of adjusting. Um, made for mermaids has also released the Ruthie dress, which like a lot of made for mermaid things, there are two things to note about it. One is there's a thousand options. Yes. And then the second is they've also made a matching children's version. So oh. you can mommy and me yeah. with, it. now this one goes up to a max 64 inch hip. 
and you have got basically a ruched crop top that can be so this reminds me of the 80s and 90s, probably yes. more than 90s, yes. a crop top with a front seam that you've built a channel into. So you fed spaghetti strap with things into it and you can ruche it up by pulling that up and tying mm-hmm. a bow on it or whatever, which I never got to wear at that age because they didn't make those in Fat Lady. That was, it wasn't <laughs> an option. So I'm super excited by this concept, but it's also got a keyhole opening on the front that's gathered around a keyhole and you've got um, the, the scoop neck option and a low scoop option and um, all of the back le- necklines though are all scooped. So you've got a low back on all of them. Um, it's a tank style top, which can be made as a top or it can have a skirt attached to it. And, um, and the skirts are a full circle for some of them. Not all of them are full circle skirts, but full circle is one of the options that you've got there. It's, it's a really great, super lot of variety dress that I am definitely going to buy and make at least one of so that I can live out my nineties ruched dreams. And you didn't mention, but on the front page of the website is Florence. Oh, of course. I forgot to mention that entirely because I grabbed the illustration uh-huh. because it's easier to see what the dress looks yeah. like. But you're right. right. Florence Florence is often featured in Made for Mermaid patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she's definitely one of their go-to sewists for that. And uh, to me, that's just another reason to buy it, um, honestly, <laughs> is because, because at that point, you're, you're also supporting a business that really believes in size inclusivity and other forms of diversity of presentation for their patterns and takes it to their Instagram page, takes it to their Facebook group and puts it straight on their website. And you don't always see that, that diversity in those places. It, it can tend to be limited to the 400 pictures by sample people that will be below <laughs> and my made for mermaids one of those where there'll be a thousand different examples right on their website but it's the it's that prominent example that that really helps you know where their heart is so so yeah that's that's another one that I really love now we've already talked about our topic a little bit and of course we've exposed it on Instagram um, immediately on the first I know you put up a, a wonderful story about it I slapped up a uh, an Instagram grid post about it. So our, our topic this month is scrappy sewing. Um, and our hashtag is PF scrappy. And we came up with the topic through one of those questions we put out to our listeners a while ago. And we had three different listeners who specifically said, we want to do a scrap buster. And so we had Margie makes fat thighs and mermaid pants and Sarah Fornia all suggested, um, in terms of, in terms of wanting to reuse or use things from, you know, the past scrappiness. And um, I believe you've, you've helped us to really collate the definition on this one. We're looking for, we're looking for things that include at least one piece of something that was a leftover, that was a scrap that you've repurposed. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and branch that out just slightly more to say that it doesn't necessarily have to be your scrap. You yeah. can also have picked up scraps at the thrift store, gotten them from a friend, done a it swap. Could be, it could be part of an old clothes you have too. Like Absolutely. it doesn't even have to be fabric. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, once you pull it back that far, all of the buttons that you've cut off of garments mm-hmm. that have been torn or destroyed, those are all scrap pieces. And if you can That's employ true. them, go for it. Have a have a party with it. And so I'm super excited to see us move into this one because it's not always my practice to use my scraps, even though I have a basket 
a big basket. It's not small anymore. <laughs> that is full of my linen scraps. Yeah. Because that's the easiest scraps in the world, presumably to reuse. It's wonderful, hardy fabric. Yeah. You just sew it to each other and then you make something out of it. It can't be that tough. And yet anyway. I have the basket and I do a little bit of it. So the dress I described, the ostrich giraffe dress, yeah. the panel across the bottom, yeah. That was a scrap that was left over from something else I had cut out. And so it, if I had made it this month and I did not, it would have counted for scrappy because it's one I pulled out of my scrap bucket. And I frequently do that. When you see a garment of mine have one other colored thing, it probably got pulled out of my linen scrap bucket. So that's sort of the way that I do it. Yeah. But, I, but I have, I have dreams of doing better this month. I have I went into my quilt stash and I pulled out three quilt tops that I have not quilted. And I thought, what could I make out of them? Because mm, that's because so been, scrappy. Yeah. Well, they've been in the quilt pile for years, probably five or six at this point. So it's time for them to move on. Yeah. And, and I think I, like, I can imagine adding a quilted, quilted row at the bottom of a plain, um, plain skirt, for example, where it's just a gathered skirt and two feet down, I, I put on the border or something else out of quilted fabric. So I'm excited by that. I know we've got some examples of things one might make. Yeah. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lead with one where I don't do what I say, but I'm going to describe the practice because I okay. used to, and then I realized I wasn't really going to do it. And that's underwear. One of the things that people told me when I started making underwear before I decided, I actually like, this is Seek Fast Fashion Underwear from Lane Bryant. They make me happy. I'm just going to keep buying them. I understand <laughs> why I shouldn't, but I'm going to. But before I did that, folks said, you know what? If you want to make it easy to make underwear, just every time you cut out something that's knit, keep your pieces, your pattern pieces nearby, because it's probably a front, a back, and a lining. That's most mm -hmm. likely what it is. And sometimes your front or back might be cut into two or three pieces, but keep them nearby in a manila envelope or something else. And every time you cut out a knit garment, just take the scraps, line something up and cut out whatever you can cut out. Mm -hmm. And then when you feel like making underwear, you've got a bag of linings, a bag of fronts and a bag of backs, and you can just put them together in whatever crazy way you want. Or if you got lucky, you can get one pair of underwear out of all your scraps. Yeah. With a butt my size, I can't mostly do that. Generally speaking, <laughs> the scraps haven't been enough, but I was yeah. able to cut the constituent parts out of multiple things. And it, I thought it was a great idea. Anyway, the Kapunda undies are my favorite go-to when I do make them. And I usually make them as bathing suit bottoms. Oh, nice. <laughs> and those go up well, to a 71 and a half inch hip, of course. Well, these, um, the, the good thing about undies is it's one of the few ways to use up knit scraps, you know, um, you also of course could piece together your knit scraps and make a t-shirt or something like that. But, um, mostly, mostly knit scraps, you know, I'm not going to make a million scrunchies. Yeah. yeah. Well, and when you talk about piecing them together to make shirts, there are several companies that have patterns where that's their goal, where you're color blocking, like, mm -hmm. There are lots of, lots of these companies that do primarily knit patterns. I think Made for Mermaid is one of those. Ginger and, uh, George and Ginger Patterns is another one. They have all these things that they color block. And all I can think when I do it is that I am clearly not sewing them together right. Because I, whether I use my sewing machine, no matter what stitch length I stick in there, all of these things, I get a ripple effect 
that I don't care for and that I can't seem to iron out. So I have never been successful piecing fabric to a place where I would want to wear it. I see. (laughs) And I am not picky, but apparently (laughs) I am about my piece knit fabrics. That's just one I haven't been successful with yet. Do you find that when you're sewing knits in general that you get that? Like, no, like my side seams on dresses and things. Mm-hmm. Occasionally I'll have something that wobbles, mm-hmm. but mostly no, not at all. It it works. I wonder if you're intended. stitching together two different weights of it or something. Is that It's why? certainly possible, although I'm not trying to do that. It doesn't right. mean I'm not, <laughs> but it's not my intent. Right. It's just one of those where I feel like, like when I got my most recent um, surgery, it was just before the pandemic and I never got to take the classes. And I've always thought, what if I could just like take an hour and, yeah, and practice yeah. walk me through and say, this is, this is the expected result. Try that. And so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my own lameness, but it's, for me, that's been a struggle. Um, so, so I, I've not been as successful. If you have anyone listening, feel free to send messages. We'll pass your tip along. And if you have other ideas for what to do with knit scraps, I know that there are actually many YouTube videos and stuff on using scraps. Um, I don't know how much with knit scraps though. That seems like underwear is the, is the most logical thing. It it made the most sense to me, but you know, what do I know? Basically. (laughs) You know, um, so yeah, that, um, <laughs> so another option for, uh, for things like this is just plain old ordinary color blocking. We've talked yes. about it a little bit here already. Basically any garment you make that is composed of more than one cut solid piece is an easy candidate for color blocking. Even if yes. it's a front back and two sleeves, all of those can be different fabrics and certainly sleeves can sometimes be easier to pull out of scraps depends, you know, on how much grain matters and stuff like that. Though, when I have been, um, when I've been desperate to get a sleeve that goes with the garment that I'm doing, and all I have left is a scrap, I have cut them on the bias before where it's a set in sleeve and it's a little more fiddly to sew it in. Yeah. But, but it works. But you know, I mean, the thing is, is that on the sleeve, because it's round, like some part of it's cut on the bias, right? I mean, it's It's the bottom hem that I most worry about when I slap it on, on the bias, but I usually then even I go ahead and use binding, seam binding and flip it through that way. So I, I sturdy that up a little bit. Okay. Um, so, but I mean, you could, you can get a lot of things out that way. For me, the sagebrush is one that I've done a lot of. Um, the yoke, I do the yoke a different color. Sometimes I do the whole thing in one color and just my ruffle is a different color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just, it just depends. And that ruffle is teensy eensy. That'd be an yeah. easy one to take a little scrap out of. Um, and of course, if you've got the right scraps, you can make bias tape to use on anything. And the sagebrush uses a bias tape as designed. The way that I make it, I fully line the bias. Because... Oh, I have a lot of, I have done several times when I've had just like this kind of weird piece left over. I've made bias tape out of yeah. things, so I can use that for my project. Absolutely. It's a wonderful thing to do. Um, the cashmere at Alton, which is another um, another pattern that's from the club, but it coordinates with the Montrose, which isn't, has a yoke on the back. Okay. And the version I made of it, which I still have to get pictures of, I made out of just white fabric everywhere and black and white um, piping, except mm-hmm. for the back yoke 
and the sleeves, which I made out of black. And so, so it was a way to use up some other smaller pieces that I had. Another thing about that is if you have shirts with yokes, oftentimes you'll have to have the inside yoke, right? Cause it'll be double mm-hmm. yoked in the back and you don't even really have to have matching fabric. If you don't have enough fabric to make, you know, for that extra yep. piece, you can just use as long as it's similar weight and whatever you could use that. So I mean, I'm going to say I haven't always used similar weight, but I think your advice is better than mine. Um, well, if you were making it out of a cotton lawn and you used like flannel, corduroy. it probably wouldn't be great. <laughs> um, so yeah, those, those are great things to do with it, but it really applies to pretty much anything. You could color block um, the uh, dragon fruit. It's, it's basically just two pieces, right? It's a right and a left bodice. They go over the shoulders yeah. to the back. All you got to do is make them out of different ones and you've done it. I've done that with several Chris Woods envelope dresses where I've made one side, one color and the rest of the dress, a different fabric. And it has been because I ran out because I knew I wouldn't have enough. But if I picked a coordinating fabric, I could make it work. Another good idea that I've actually seen someone do before, and it it's, it makes for an interesting result, is um, when, uh, when people are making um, button-up shirts. And the, um, there's, a the facing in the front for the button band. Yeah. Doing that out of a different color. And then you get a pop of it when, you know, you, you know, usually don't have the button all the way to the top. So you can see kind of the underside of the, of the, the facing there in a different color. I think that's really cool. Well, pockets are another place you can do that. And, um, pocket splits at the front of a neck. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are lots oh, yeah. of great YouTube videos for doing things like that that are adorable, where I think they primarily use contrasting colors so you can see what's happening. Yeah. But it's also such a cute look. Why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And it's, it's uh, in the end, essentially nothing is out of bounds. The Bellum Night dress, I'm just remembering, I had four different linens yes, I used yes. to do a, a great color block on that. And in that case, I believe I had bought all four of the linens to make other things. So it was original cuts for me, but Mm -hmm. now I've got all those leftovers that are going to be great for another, another garment of some sort. So the one thing I wanted to mention that I've seen just in the last few days, this is from um, Isabel Sews. And if you don't follow Isabel Sews, you really should. She has a great uh, Instagram account. She's a v- prolific sewist. Um, but she has been making, she's made a couple of these now, these piece to get, she's been doing some quilting stuff like pillows and things like that. And just recently she started with these pieced bodices on some dresses. And I just saw this and I thought, Oh, oh so beautiful. Like I really want to do this. And it looks like it's pretty simple. You can make one little quilt block and put it kind of in the center of of your bodice and it looks it looks really good and she had in the post in her post she mentions that she was inspired by two people um on instagram one of them is mabel made and i think that is an actual person that's selling things um that they make and those are really cool inspiration there but also in case you're interested in just buying something yep and then um, Petty Popcorn Makes um, also has some interesting, r- really nice stuff there. So uh, check all those people out. That's really exciting. That's sort of what I would wanted to talk about. Same idea, right? That you can just make your own fabric. And yeah. I know you've talked a little bit about that, wanting to make a quilt out of scraps of mm-hmm. linen, all the leftover bits you have. And it's it's absolutely perfect for things like that. Yeah, actually, um, one of... Um, 
someone else on um, Instagram that I follow, I met through a, a gift exchange of SOAS on Instagram, PDX Squared. Um, she made this beautiful quilt out of sort of large pieces of leftover linen, small and, you know, smaller than like a something you can really use in, in most patterns, but bigger than often quilt pieces are. And she made the most gorgeous quilt out of it. And it looks like a pretty simple thing that even I could maybe do. Yeah, that's, uh, that's always been one of my favorite styles of quilts. I would swear that it's called primitive, but it may not be, but I love, I love those bigger pieces. I agree with you. It's very dramatic and an excellent opportunity for using up scraps, maybe a little bit more quickly. Yeah. Um, in addition, of course, uh, Taco, we've talked about their panel pants. I bought the pattern for that. And these are pants that have a max 53-inch waist. They don't offer their max hip size, but the pants are, I, and I haven't measured my pattern pieces, they're they're phenomenally gathered. They are very, very, very voluminous. Uh-huh. There should be definitely more than enough to make that three inches of difference <laughs> to be qualified mm-hmm. to be on the podcast, right? It's going to be huge. Um, and they are set up such that the top to just below knee is intended to be one piece of fabric. And then you have a second piece of fabric from the knee to the floor, which in their images they share are always contracting color, contrasting colors. So there's it's built into the pattern that you would want to make this out of two different colors. And then I can also imagine taking those bottom pieces. And like we just talked about building fabric. Uh-huh. Cutting that bottom panel out of a quilt or strips oh, that you've so pieced cool. together and yeah. doing the top out of, say, a dark chambray or a lightweight yeah. denim or, you know, I, I can imagine cool. a lot of fun things there um, as well. And of course, as we talked about when I received the lovely sequins I did from Beverly, Nandita has just an amazing, her account, if you're not always fo- already following it, oh my gosh, go do that. Yeah. Um, but she is a whiz at using treasured pieces of fabric to the last inch of it available. So you may see a piece of fabric that's appeared in six garments because as the scraps get smaller, she just changes how she incorporates them into it. And it's it's inspiring. It's a little intimidating. I always feel like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine that I'll come up with as good an idea, <laughs> but it's, but it's really neat to watch. Um, so her account is, is really great for that. Um, and then f- finally, we're going to end today um, with a, an interview that I'm doing. Um, I'm actually doing it tomorrow. So I'll cut all of this if we don't <laughs> or all of it, except where I describe it. Um, I'm interviewing the Renegade Seamstress. This is with one S at the end instead of two. Uh, This is an Instagram account um, for someone who primarily sells patchwork pieced uh, clothing. This is someone I found inspirational and followed for quite some time. So they do have a shop for selling this. Um, But the way that they piece things together is varies a lot from garment to garment. They have some basic garment design they do, but the way they piece is different. And they're always looking for scrapped fabrics. And I have purchased from them. It's not here yet, but I sent a box of my linen scraps because they have done a phenomenally oversized Holly Hobby style bonnet. Oh my goodness. Out of quilting scraps. And I'm getting that done out of my linen scraps. And you will wear it? And I will wear the crap out of that to farmer's markets everywhere. I am so excited. (laughs) I hate hats. 
And I can't wait to have this hat to wear. So I arranged to do that. And then uh, as I was thinking about this month's theme, I thought, you know what? It would be really fun to talk to her about her creative process and how she pieces things and good practices for that and things like that. So I hope everyone enjoys listening to her as much as I know I'm going to enjoy speaking with her. Today, I'm incredibly excited to be able to bring uh, onto the show the renegade seamstress with one S at the end um, to talk about all things scrappy. Uh, Could you introduce yourself for our audience? Uh, Sure. Um, My friends call me Margaret Jane, and um, my pronouns are she, her. And you can find me at renegade seamstress on Instagram with one S, and I have an Etsy shop at Naughty Mama, K-N-O-T-T-Y. Mama. Absolutely. And I've, I've been blessed to purchase from that shop. So (laughs) I think it's important to definitely point that out. So the reason I've invited you on the show is because your feed has been one of the places where I go for inspiration for color blocking, um, things like that, which is something I'm not always comfortable about. I, I am of a generation and raised in a way that I believe things are supposed to matchy match, which my children use that phrase as an insult. So I'm pretty sure that's not how everybody views things like that. And your feed makes me feel empowered to try different things, both sort of monochromatic looks, but also, wow, that children's bed sheet would look amazing with this calico looks. And so I'm excited to chat with you about it. Um, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about what, what it is you do? What, what would we see on your feed if we were to subscribe? I, most of my feed is, is products that I'm selling. I do a lot of custom orders and I would say, you know, it's all mostly upcycled or vintage fabrics that I've acquired various and sundry ways. And it's interesting that you say matchy matchy because I really get off on like finding like a vintage, like you said, like a, like a curtain or something. And then I want to find the exact same colors. <laughs> like I disregard <laughs> pattern necessarily, but like, if I can get like that mustard, you know, from the seventies to match like that little flower on that calico. Oh, I just, <laughs> it, it makes me feel like magic is real, you know, because I found this yellow that matches. Oh, it's true. I just made a, a yellow thing and I cut the the top off of all of these sheets just so you get just the right, you know, just the exact color. And I, I'm not sure because I am not a professional by any means, but I feel like uh, decades or t- eras, like, you know, they all have the same color going for them. I don't know. I like to do, I, in the last like 10 years, I've had an Etsy shop for 13 years. So certainly since I've had an Etsy shop, I've decided that I should be making clothes that fit me. <laughs> which is a revolutionary idea. And so I mostly, I make a lot of plus size clothing and I do make smaller clothes, but it's all custom. And that's actually really neat to see because a lot of times in my lifetime, when I would go to real life Etsy, known as craft fairs, usually uh-huh. I would find that there was nobody sewing in plus sizes. It'd be no just walking way. down the road, disappointment after disappointment. And I found in early Etsy, that was also often my experience. There's still plenty of people who don't cater or don't do custom, 
but there are definitely more and more sellers like yourself that provide some um, plus size options, which is really wonderful. I think still, I'm, I mean, it's definitely, it's changing all the time. More and more people are doing plus size stuff, like, you know, from even uh, probably like pre pandemic, there's millions yeah. more, but still like, I always like try, I'm always searching on Etsy, like looking for plus size and like to see, you know, what comes up and it's like my stuff and like, you know, all of this, um, calfkins in on smaller bodies, right. To say they're like free size. I mean, that's not, you know, all true, but. And free size is totally a lie. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> yeah, we know. But to to head us back to patchworky stuff. So the yes. thing that I've ordered from you is like my grew up in the seventies dream item, which is the way I view it. It's a giant holly hobby hat made. Yeah. So it's a big bonnet, right? Bonnet, right? Made out yeah. of um, completely out of patchwork. And so I'm curious about how you do things like that. So there's probably a difference between the dresses you do in my brain. There's a difference between that and a bonnet. And in my head, one of them probably involves building a lot of fabric flat and rectangular and then cutting pieces out. And yeah, the other involves that. piecing pieces. <laughs> but is that true? I would say like traditionally in the patchwork world, people who make patchwork, they do, they make sheets. And I cannot stand sewing like extra stuff and then like cutting the corners off. It makes me yeah. crazy. <laughs> so I... I I like take, I'm have a pattern and then like for the bonnet specifically, that's a circle. Mm -hmm. So I have a pattern and I have mapped out, you know, all the squares. And then, so like on the corners, I only do like a corner, you know, I do like a quarter of a piece on the corner. <laughs> so I leave okay. the little tiny pieces off, cut off. No, that's wonderful. That seems more efficient from a fabric perspective and definitely feels less like you're likely to end up with waste. Instead, you save those right. bits that might otherwise be waste pieces. And I do, I'm super massy when I do it. I'm like, you know, I learned like in second grade or whatever that you don't, you need, if you have four colors, none of the colors will touch, right? So I do it <laughs> in uh, like, uh, whatever I do like four or eight or 16 or 32 and then like I have I don't know if that's geometry or what but I have like a map and I just like plug stuff in there that makes sense that seems like it'd be a great way to do it is there anything else you're doing there so for me when I sew well I make quilt tops and so I'm not I, I'm not surging anything because I'm old and we didn't surge quilts back when I was doing it and so I'm not surging it I make I, I piece the things together I try and make them join at the corners I'm not necessarily um, crazy about that because that's just not who I am. Um, but I don't, I don't go back and top stitch or do anything else. But as I'm considering turning quilt tops into skirts, for example, I'm sort of in the place where I'm debating whether or not I use um, either quilting cotton or maybe even something lighter weight than quilting cotton to right. line the inside of it and maybe stitch in the ditch or do some other things. Or do I just put it all at risk and have all of my seams on the inside um, fraying like they would uh, right. in, in any other circumstance. <laughs> well, I think of, um, you know, I started doing Patrick many years ago and I was like in my mid twenties and my aunt who's, who sewed all the time, I would like wear a little patchwork top over and she would like pick it up and flip it over and like, look at my seams. And she's like, you know, and those were not covered anyway. And she was like, why would you waste all this time <laughs> just to have them flopping around? So most, 
I, at this point, I don't use a serger for them. I do use my regular sewing machine and then I cover it, you know, then I line it. And sometimes, depending on, you know, depending on what it is, most of the time, that's it pretty much. Um, and Why, if you're doing that piece, sounds right to me. I mean, that yeah. seems like a reasonable approach. Yeah. Um, you know, if it's, if it's like on a corner or some, and especially if you're doing like a uh, piece thing, like one piece to one piece, then you're like, you know, you're backstitching at the end of every square. So like, it's not going to, I mean, I don't know. It might come undone. I've got this dress that I pieced together in like 2004 or something, and it's lined and it's fine. It's got a couple little holes in it, and I just stick another patch right on top of it. <laughs> you know. And well, that's how did you? Was- how did you end up coming into this? What started you on saying, you know what, one piece of fabric isn't enough to make a dress. I need to use thirty. What was uh- the? <laughs> Well, I think it's a boat, you know, it's sort of uh, a combination of many things. I, you know, I was uh, 18. We went to Woodstock in 99 and I saw all these kids were wearing patchwork clothes. I was like, we can do that. That's easy. I don't have to buy them. And then certainly for me now, like the kind of fabric that I have is like finite, you know, like I have this piece of whatever that I inherited from someone and it's only this big. And I am five times that size. So I have to put it with something else. So it's sort of like, it's almost a necessity. Um, and even with new stuff, I just bought, you know, I bought some new p- fabric from a, uh, you know, a place, dead stock. Is that right? And I was like, well, it costs like $40 a yard, but I only need <laughs> one yard to do a bodice and the front piece. And then I'll just uh, match all the other stuff. <laughs> And also, like my, you know, you know how your stash is giant. I will, will I ever use all my fabric? I don't know. But if I use a piece of everything, <laughs> like maybe I love putting all that stuff together. I love the way it looks. I love the it's, rainbow, you know, like give me 10,000 calicos. That's like perfect. Is there anything, is there any piece that's too small? Like at what point do you either stuff a beanbag with it or actually dispose of fabric? It depends if I like it or not. <laughs> if, it's like, <laughs> if it's like a fancy piece, I will keep it forever probably. Um, because I do, I like to do little appliques too. So that's like infinitely tiny pieces that I could be using. Um, so that's like something I was thinking about was like, how do you, st- like, if you're going to use your scraps, like you need a good way to store it. So I keep, I like store, like you sent me those scraps and I was joking with my sister when I opened that box. I was like, well, this, I would not call this a scrap, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, but I have like, I have like bought, like, can I make a bodice out of it? Like, is it enough to do like a project with other things size? And then I have like, enough to be like a, a medium size that you know is probably a quarter of a yard or something I would say generically and, you know it can be included in things and then I have like even tinier size and that would be um you know for like the bonnets where it's only a three by three inch patch or appliques <laughs> and I keep those in I have um you know like apple peck containers like fruit boxes or kind of shoe boxes and so I have those stacked up uh sorted by color and like a tent and a beautiful rainbow (laughs) way and you know um but certainly you know I do throw stuff out I do a lot of like um I call you know I say I'm a rag maker you know if it's like all kinds of stuff I just throw it in the rag basket and then and then I'm like it's a rag so if it gets too disgusting we'll just throw it away and if not we can wash it (laughs) 
So it's interesting because when I was putting together a box, you gave me sort of a minimum of, of a three inch square sort of a size. And I thought, oh, well, everything I have is bigger than that. So that's not a problem. And then I thought, how big is a gargantuan bonnet? I mean, this is like a bonnet as if my head were the size of, I don't know, bigger than a medicine ball, like a really big bonnet. And I'm thinking, well, how much fabric is really needed? And how do you rate that on scraps? And finally, I'm like, I've got a 12 by 12 by six box. I'm just going to I'm going to stuff it as full as it'll go. And I'm going to assume that might be enough. Um, But the way that I generate my scraps is most of my fabric is brand spanking new. I bought it someplace off the yard. I ordered probably five yards of it. And a typical dress for me is three, three and a half yards of 58 inch wide fabric. Most of my linens are 58 inches wide. And if I only have a yard left, unless it's a color I use a lot where I think, oh, I could make sleeves out of that, or I could line something with it. I'm probably not keeping it because when I do, when I do scrappy stuff, it's like, it's, it's color blocking more than it is piecing. Usually it's, oh, I'm making this shirt out of a black and white something or another. And I don't have enough for sleeves. I bet I could use some white, white or black scraps to make the sleeves. I'm not usually thinking, I bet I could use 12 pieces to make a neat front panel for this garment, which is what I I find so intriguing, but I also find so intimidating. It feels like I could do it wrong. Well, I mean, that's, that's like the beauty of the of like crazy patchwork or crazy piecing. I mean, you can just, especially if they're square pieces, you just sew it together, cut it up, sew it back together, you know, and then you get all sorts of different size uh, triangles and whatnot. I mean, rectangles <laughs> or triangles, depending on your yeah. pieces. Yeah, um, I really, I really like that. <laughs> I really like the way that looks when it's all different stuff together. And I don't know. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's just because it's so different and I like standing out. <laughs> I like, I like to do, you know, because if you're going to make something, you do know, because I've seen your clothing that you make, you know, if you're going to make something, you must make something that's like a magical thing that you can't get anywhere else. Absolutely. I do. When I make something that's a little bit more restrained, like I have a beautiful navy linen dress that it's, it's all just navy linen. <laughs> There's no other colors involved. It's just navy linen, top to bottom, belt, everything. And whenever I wear it, people around me are like, I really love that dress, but I I don't feel like it's you. I'm like, no, no, I love it too. It's There are things I like that are not explosions of color, (laughs) though I have a particular fondness for explosions of color or patterns. So I can definitely relate to that. Is there anything else you could share that you think would be helpful to folks trying to figure out how to use up scrap? Well, I mean, you know, there's always the classic like oven mitts (laughs) and and craft (laughs) projects. Yeah, I, you know, I would say just start putting them together. Just sew pieces and see what happens. And certainly there's like quilts. Um, yeah, I I know that I've seen a few where people have used just basic um, boxy top patterns and just essentially put a panel straight down the middle or over the left side or the yeah. right side of their body and just had a, a panel there, which still to me feels really intimidating because what if I get it wrong or the colors don't really go? It feels like there's no solution if I screw it up. And yet I don't think you can really, really screw it up. I think, I say, I think I'm I overthinking it. <laughs> well and i find with that kind of stuff i mean first of all no one knows what it's supposed to look like and for me it's 
symmetry. So if I mess it, if I'm unhappy with what happens, then I just make it look like that on the other side. <laughs> well, I was, I was going to say, I had all my girlfriends went and bought fabric. And then I helped them all make their dress. And then I took all the leftover pieces and uh, made patchwork out of it. And that was my wedding dress. And I was really afraid that it wasn't going to look right, but it looks fine. Because that's the thing about patchwork is that no matter what it looks like before you put it together, it's always going to look great when you're done. <laughs> yes, I love her. Um, so hopefully uh, y'all really enjoyed that. I know that uh, the Renegade Seamstress is someone you're going to want to run off and follow on Instagram. And certainly you'll get some inspiration for this month's PF Scrappy Tag. That's right. Um, don't, don't forget to rate and review us. We've really appreciated the ones that we've gotten. And of course, check out our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash punk frockers. Yay! <laughs> Look, I remembered it. Uh, <laughs> And uh, we look forward to chatting with you again in another week. Okay, Jenny. See See you you next Tuesday. Tuesday. The Punk Frockers is created, produced, and edited by Beverly Baptiste and Jenny Hassler. On Instagram, you can find the podcast at Punk Frockers. You can find Jenny at J.O. Hassler and Beverly at Weeds to Wildflowers. Our artwork and music is created and performed by Jim Duran. You can find him on Instagram and his website at jimduran.art.